to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of Crazy Town USA. Number of things here to read and play. Well, one thing to play anyway, and, and a few things to read here. Certainly connecting more dots uh, in this horrific, horrific picture show that we're watching. Um, wanted to revisit one quick thing from last week. First of all, and it's a nice little halt, although I don't think in the long run it's going to do a whole lot right at this second, but it's at least halting some people, which is a good thing. President Poopy Pants's uh, mandate, federal mandate for everybody to get jabbed, has been halted by a federal district judge for the meantime. So that's good. The problem, I think, is that it's simply giving more of these companies, federal or not, who have these employee deadlines, so to speak, or these employee markers, 100 plus employees do this or else they get this fined, and if you have less than that, then you get this fined in XYZ. It's basically a giant pump fake to see how many people within those organizations are going to panic. Again, I don't think it's a good thing for the employee per se. It, it's, it provides a little bit of a delay, which is okay, but um, I, b beyond that, Again, I, I know that it's been delayed multiple times. He said something a while back about it being in September, and then it got it got delayed until October, and then November, and then December, and January, and so on and so forth. Again, that's great that that there are there's at least one judge stepping up and doing the right thing from time to time. Um, I hope that's being done on purpose for good reasons. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of middle on the middle of the road on, on the entire thing. I think any delay is a good thing, but I have to look at the other side of the coin also, and we have to start to wonder why the delays are actually occurring. Yeah, we know that it's against the law, and mandates aren't laws, um, and not a single company has to follow through on it. The sad part is as many are following through on it, regardless of what the law is or is not. So just wanted to mention that off the top. The second thing, again, is something that I've brought up on a pretty consistent basis here, in particular last week. And I didn't I definitely don't want people to to get the wrong idea. Like I said last week, I'm not a psychopath. I'm not sitting here saying, man, I can't wait for kids to die in school from the jabs. That's not that's not what I'm saying. And anybody who's who's ever taken it that way, again, that's that's not the point. The point is this is that not only is it already happening, but the word manipulation that's going along with it is purposeful, and of course, as I said last week, it's being swept under the rug. So this particular story hit, again, at least four different outlets, and um, again, same same story, but it's titled this. Well, here's one example. It's School Morning, the Tragedy of Teen Girl Who Died Unexpectedly in Her Sleep. It says, youngsters at a school and college are in mourning after a pupil died unexpectedly in her sleep. And that was from the last week of October. There's another one here from the first week of November. School in mourning after two pupils die suddenly in one week. Um, and another one here. Girl 11 dies after going into cardiac arrest at school. And then another one, fifth grader in Maryland dies after sudden medical emergency in classroom. I think that might be the same story, not entirely sure. But um, th the point is, is that this is happening already. That there are students who are dying 
as a result of the jabs in schools. And I mean, that's already happening. Here's the other thing too, which I think is an interesting angle that people need to pay attention to. Many of the parents who send their children to these indoctrination camps, they are not tied in per se with what is going on, in particular the ones who are jabbed and dead asleep and don't know what's happening. They're not tied in with the Facebook groups that exist or the online chat forums that exist where you have parents, again, who are awake talking about what's really going on within these school environments, whether it be something regarding a teacher's behavior or or it's something regarding a student's behavior. I don't want to call them gossip forums per se, but they, they sometimes are. But in many cases, they are 100% informative chat boards or chat rooms that exist. Uh, what would be interesting, again, is that well, what it's not just interesting, it's just what's happening. What's happening is, is the asleep families are not going to be told that, we'll call them Teacher 1 and Teacher 2 and Teacher 3, that if, if Teacher 1, Teacher 2, and Teacher 3 fall ill as a result of the jabs or end up dying, what's the odds of them making that connection, that it was the jabs that did it? And are they going to actually hear about that? Because again, a lot of teachers get replaced for a variety of reasons, as we all know, in countless schools, and parents don't find out. Except for sometimes, of course, the parents of the children whose children are in that classroom. Other than that, I mean, yes, of course, in, in that particular scenario, a student would come home and say, Mr. and Miss So-and-so um, is no longer here because we were just told that they died. The parents of that of that particular, again, you know, of those students are going to know that. Many aren't, though. And again, if people aren't reading newspapers, and and then they're not going to get it that way either. If the newspapers are even covering it, that's going to bring in a whole number of other questions as well. How often is that going to happen? How often are the are the Newspaper is going to use the phrase, died after a short illness, quote-unquote, because that's another one of the phrases that's being used, that they died after a short illness, or it was an unforeseen illness, or it was um, a quick illness, or whatever, whatever word lingo they want to use. All of that, again, is just mass manipulation, but for an individual who, again, is sending their children to a school and doesn't know the larger picture of what's actually going on, they're not going to know that the teachers are dropping dead. They're not even going to know that students are falling ill either. Because again, most students in a school building won't know if a student is absent or not. They won't know if one of their peers is absent or not. I mean, they might be absent, but again, is the student themselves going to make the connection that student A, student B, student C are gone because they have ill health effects from the jab? There's a lot of angles here. That's, that's my overall point. There's a lot of angles here. There's a lot of cover-up going on right now, and it's been going on for quite some time. In fact, um, in the old Sunday newspaper here, which I get the Sunday newspaper now, um, and it's just a giant propaganda rag, as you might expect. But it really is interesting to show what they're covering up and, and what they're saying. They have doctors, local doctors in this area, openly say, stating that no one has died from the jabs. 
and that there are some mild effects potentially, but nothing that would warrant a panic from anybody. There are still doctors out there actually saying that. Not to mention, again, I've seen it in multiple clips, but Dr. Lee Merritt has talked about the amount of money that doctors are receiving from administering the jabs from the insurance companies. It's, it's enormous, tens of thousands of dollars. If they reach a particular number, it's something like Blue Cross and Blue Shield provides doctors upwards of $40,000 in, in a bonus if they hit 100 people under the age of whatever it is, um, something under the age of 12, potentially. I'm getting those numbers wrong, but you know when those numbers double, they get 80 grand. It, it's, they're being paid to kill people, and they, they're either in their own heads rationalizing it as we're not killing them, we're helping them. But they also can't understand why they're seeing less patients. And they're not, the doctors aren't making the connection that maybe the reason they're seeing less patients is because their child is ill, because of something that the doctor did to them. So the, so the child or the family just stops going back to that doctor. But the doctor is interpreting it as, well, everybody's healthy because the jabs are working. It's absurd. It's just, I mean, it's beyond absurd. So the cover-up that's going on, the continued cover-up, the continued giant conspiracy is, is uh, it's overwhelming. And there's a university story I'm, I want to get to at the end of this particular episode, but I want, a couple, I want to cover a couple of other things too. This came from the Gateway Pundit, and again, shouldn't shock anybody at this point. I'm sure a lot of people saw this, that of course the television show, which is publicly funded by taxpayers, that uh, Sesame Street is pushing the jabs. Um, and this particular video I'm going to play for you here, there's a couple of them, or it could just all be smashed into one, frankly, but it's titled Elmo's Daddy Louie Gets Vaccinated. So I'm going to play this. And then again, there's a clip with Sanjay Gupta and one of the, um, I know she used to work for CNN. I think she still does. Uh, again, it just completely scripted, but the look on Sanjay Gupta's face throughout the entire video he looks like a deer in headlights. Sanjay Gupta has got to be one of the most blackmailed individuals on the face of the planet because he goes on Joe Rogan. He gets tongue-tied when he's, when he's given the facts. He's a medical doctor. He knows about the effectiveness of ivermectin. He knows that people are dying from the jabs, and now he's made his way to a television show to tell children who watch this with their parents and XYZ that getting the jab is the safest thing that you can do, period. It's disgusting, um, and there's going to be a nice lawn chair in hell for Sanjay Gupta, without a doubt. But you can almost see this invisible noose just sort of tightening around his neck with every word that comes out of his mouth, because he looks like he's he looks like he knows the truth, but he's just dead guilty, and will never give up the goose on that one. So listen to this audio real quick from Sesame Street. It's horrible. Elmo and I are feeling hopeful and excited. We're excited because lots of grown-ups are getting the COVID-19 vaccine. Soon lots of us will be able to do our favorite things again. Like Elmo and Daddy can share cookies with Cookie Monster at Booper's store. Oh yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> That's why I got the COVID-19 vaccine. So me and my family and neighbors can get back to playdates, trips, cookouts, and sports. Oh, oh, oh. Elmo knows 
what Elmo wants to do first. What's that, son? Oh, visit Nana. Yet Elmo misses her so much. Elmo can't wait to give her this card. Oh, she's going to love that, Elmo. With Nana getting the vaccine, Elmo, Mommy, and Daddy can see her again soon. Yeah. With free COVID-19 vaccines, sunnier days are ahead. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org. One of the worst headlines that I've seen on many YouTube videos, again, in that in that COVID-19 propaganda bar where it just has nothing but COVID videos, one of the worst headlines I've seen, it says, I just got my, I just got my second COVID jab. What do I do now? Or I just got my booster jab. So what am I allowed to do now? What now? It it is the just the direct implication that you cannot do anything if you're not jabbed. And unfortunately, there are endless sheep out there that actually believe that. They actually believe it. When they went and got their fascist um vaccine card, vaccine passport, not a single bell went off in their head that this is wrong. Not a single thing went off in their heads that said, you know what, this is horrible. And oh, wait a minute, why are there four slots on that vaccine card in, in, instead of just two? I thought we were just supposed to get two shots, but there's four slots. So what does that mean? Just There's nothing firing, nothing firing in the minds of these people. And again, this is a perfect example regarding the Sesame Street uh, propaganda that we are paying for it, that, that we are paying for, taxpayers are paying for their own indoctrination. They are paying for their own destruction. And frankly, it's no different than any other subscription or any other show that a person willfully spends their hard-earned money on just to soak in that particular propaganda. I mean, that's that's been the design of the tell a vision for a very long time, and it's always been the case with Sesame Street. Frankly, uh, one of the things that again has been set on Gab by an individual who who reminded me of this, and it, and it really would be interesting to go back and watch an old episode, one of the first, if not maybe you know the first fifty. Somewhere in there, not all 50 episodes, but a episode, just to see what it is that Sesame Street was actually talking about all the way back then. Was there innuendo in there somewhere? Knowing what we know now and knowing how old we are now, can we go back and watch an old one and, and just look at it completely differently, you know, with a totally different set of eyes? I'm certain that there's things in there that um, would be remarkably alarming. But that was just one example. Let me play this other Sesame Street clip, and this is the one with Sanjay Gupta and this other brainwashed gal uh, who clearly looks vitamin D deprived. Does Rosita have a boo-boo? Oh, oh, no, I made a visit for my COVID vaccine. My mommy and my papi took me to get it this morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rosita, that's great. Getting the COVID vaccine is a great way to stay healthy. See, my mommy and my papi said that it will help keep me, my friends, my neighbors, my abuela all healthy. Your parents are absolutely right. You know, COVID vaccines are now available for children five years and older. And the more people who get them, the better we're going to be able to help stop the spread of COVID and keep everyone healthy. 
I'm telling you what, Sanjay Gupta looks nervous. He looks nervous as hell. His eyes are huge. He's got this giant smile. Again, I'm looking at the nonverbals here, in particular when he's hearing what's being said. When it said when 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 the puppet says, um, "My mom told me that it's you know it's it's the best way to stay healthy." His smile goes away. His lips come together. He frowns, big frown, and then he immediately catches himself, and then he smiles again with with closed lips. I mean, it's it's really intense. It hit those words hit the part of his brain where he just went, "Uh, you know that's not true. You know that's not true, Sanjay." But it doesn't matter. He's participating in anyway. He's knowingly participating in this. Again, blackmail. It is quite quite the device. Quite the uh quite the puppeteer blackmail. Okay. Here's the next one. Uh the next one, also depressing. Brought this up in the past a few times, but here's a specific example. This comes from the eutimes.net and it's not a European story, although this is happening in Europe too, I'm certain of it. Three giraffes die at the Dallas Zoo after zookeepers gave them bad medicine. That's right, it says bad medicine. Bad medicine. Quote, a 14-year-old giraffe named Jesse died at the Dallas Zoo last Friday, making, the third, making this the third giraffe to die at the zoo the past month. Earlier in October, two giraffes at the Dallas Zoo died within a week of each other. Suspiciously, this comes just months after the zoo confirmed they would be vaccinating, quote, some animals against COVID-19. 14-year-old Jesse died on October 29th, two days after suddenly becoming ill. Suddenly. Go figure. Hmm. Wonder why. While 19-year-old Augie died from liver failure sometime around October 25th. On October 3rd, the zoo also euthanized three-month-old giraffe calf, some other name, Marikani, after she was injured. Okay. Why were they injured? Interesting. Again, more word manipulation. They're using this on zoo animals. Do you see? We are all the experiment. All of us. Thank God for the control group. That's all I can say. Thank God for those of us in the control group. Now, this next article I want to read because, again, this is one of those uh, just horrific phenomenons that that has been occurring, really from the start. And it wasn't really discovered until, I want to say, maybe February or March when people started to sort of connect these dots, in particular the five docs on Rumble. They, they were really the first ones that I was listening to that were that were making these connections. But this comes from about a week ago, and it's from the website vaccinesafety.info. Pretty pretty solid article here, so I'm going to read through as much as the, uh, much of this as I can, so bear with me because this, this is important. And again, not only have I brought this up in the past, and of course it's been mentioned numerous times by countless individuals, but this is one of those things that people just don't know about. They don't know that this is happening. And what they also don't know is not only that this is, uh, and it's the shedding. This entire article is about the shedding and the transmission from those who are jabbed around those who are not jabbed and making the unjabbed sick. Um, 
what what they should also do if a person is thinking in a different dimension just beyond this fact, which again is a dimension so deep in itself that countless individuals just aren't going to believe it. But it completely disrupts what people should understand about the way that the real human immune system works, that this is really not about coughing on people or sneezing on people. This has to do, again, with electromagnetism. It has to do with people who are around other people. You're just around them. You're in their sort of, their sphere of magnetism. And then they make you ill because their immune systems are completely disrupted and or compromised. And if you're around them long enough, if you don't have a strong enough immune system, you will become ill in the exact same manner or a similar manner and hopefully not as severe, although... There have been, (laughs) it's horrible, there have been very uh, severe cases of the shedding that have taken place that have included blood clotting and an inability to stop bleeding um, when menstruating. There have been women who, who have been menstruating for months on end as a result of, of just being around the jab. So this is titled the following. Uh, Pfizer confirms, in their own paperwork, I might add, Pfizer confirms COVID-vaccinated people can shed spike proteins and harm the unvaccinated. Uh, It continues here, quote, A new study has confirmed that people who have been vaccinated against COVID produce excessive spike proteins that are capable of passing the blood-brain barrier, causing irreparable damage to the brain. And Pfizer's own documents warn that vaccinated people actually shed these excessive spike proteins, putting the unvaccinated at risk for harm. In their latest issue brief, America's Frontline Doctors, AFLDS, warned how spike proteins resulting from experimental COVID-19 gene therapy vaccines have the capacity to, one, pass through the blood-brain barrier, causing neurological damage, two, to shed by the vaccinated, bringing about sickness in unvaccinated children and adults, and three, cause irregular vaginal bleeding in women. Now, I'm going to stop it there. What's interesting about AFLDS mentioning all of those things is that the second thing, the the second point here that's being made, to shed by the vaccinated, bringing about sickness in unvaccinated children and adults, that was not mentioned in their White Coat Summit at the end of July that I attended. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear them say that once. Dr. Merritt brought it up, as I stated in that podcast where I was breaking down my time at that conference. Dr. Merritt brought it up, but only in between sort of uh, Dr. Farella's presentation and her getting the technology worked out and whatever else. They were miking up Dr. Merritt and someone from the crowd sitting approximately four tables in front of me yelled out, talk about the shedding. Talk about the transmission, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that was it. And then Merritt was in on it. And then Merritt's just talking about it, bang, 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 and how they got transmitted on and how they're getting more and more cases of transmission. But then when Merritt walked up to the stage, they had I mean, they had their own speech of a different of a different topic. There was no one there specifically giving a presentation on the shedding, even though they knew that it was happening. So I think I again, I, I viewed that as an opportunity lost because that's so massive in particular when you think about the 
unhealthy environment that is a university setting and a K-12 setting. You have unjabbed students walking around their jabbed peers, and now they're mostly jabbed staff members. They're teachers and administrators, most of them jabbed. And no one's thinking about the unjabbed and how it's the unjabbed that are going to become ill, which means, again, as I've said in the past, the safest place for the unjabbed is to not be in those environments. I don't mean it just because of the critical theory and the curriculum and them claiming that they don't know what critical theory is and renaming it to diversity and inclusion and equity and whatever the hell else they want to name it. I'm not talking about that. That's bad enough. It's, it's, it's the simple fact that the number of unjabbed in these environments is, is getting smaller, which is unfortunate. It's getting smaller, but more and more jabbed people are inhabiting these environments. And that's not good for even the jabbed, because the jabbed are now walking petri dishes and they're spreading it to the jabbed. It almost doesn't matter what angle you take. It's all bad. All of it's bad. And there's no putting this toothpaste back in the tube. The environment now, in a K 12 setting, and in a university setting, is a, is a hub of a petri dish of illness. It, it just is. More and more reports, again, of these hospitals in these areas packed to the brim with the jabbed. It's not the unjabbed that are there per se, although there have to be some unjabbed that are sick and showing up with, with illness. Again, not pointing it directly at me, but much like my cough. I've had this cough since August, since I attended that conference and was bouncing around San Antonio. I was around a lot of jab people. I, I haven't been sick. It's just a chronic cough that isn't going away. It's gotten better. It's not as bad as it was. Um, but the point is, is that w- with winter here and certainly getting colder and colder as time goes on, these environments are not going to get better. The shutdown for these schools is inevitable. It, it just is. And again, you know, I, I posted this on my Gab a while uh, last week, but more and more professors just emailing their students after they get their booster jabs and they're, and they're bedridden and they're wondering why. Well, it's just some of the side effects. No, <laughs> no, it's not a side effect of the booster jab. It's an intentional. Okay, sorry. I digress. Back to the article. Here we go. It continues. Released last week entitled, Identifying Post-Vaccination Complications and Their Causes, an Analysis of COVID-19 Patient Data. The stated purpose of the document is to provide additional information for concerned citizens, health experts, and policymakers about adverse events and other post-vaccination issues resulting from the three experimental COVID-19 vaccines currently administered under EUA, Emergency Use Authorization, by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. Um, Next one. Quote, the nonprofit organization highlighted the thousands of adverse events which are related to these vaccines and captured by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, or VAERS. Quote, yet these complications have received a fraction of the attention paid to Johnson & Johnson's blood clotting controversy. They lamented with dismay, asking why. AFLDS is always asking why. I don't understand the censorship. It's called totalitarianism, you morons. Wake the hell up. Um, it continues. 
In taking a closer look at this data, AFLDS presents some major categories of concern as yet publicly unaddressed by either the FDA or CDC, asserting that failure of these regulators, quote, to consider these and other known unknowns, is a dereliction of basic medical research. They break out their general categories of concern as shown below. First, there are significant fears regarding the widespread distribution of these new vaccines, which employ a new technology and remain only experimental without full approval from the FDA. Instead of employing an attenuated response, antigen response, as happens with conventional vaccines, allegedly, these experimental agents introduce something called a spike protein into one system. Quote, it takes years to be sure something new is safe, the AFLDS document confirms. No kidding. No one knows definitely the long-term health implications for the body and the brains, especially among the young, related to the spike protein. In addition, if documented problems with the protein do arise, there will never be any way to reverse the adverse effects in those already vaccinated. I'm going to stop there real quick. What I continuously find alarming is that there are endless doctors out there. Uh, I'm going to butcher his last name. My apologies, Dr. Bhakti, for example, Dr. Yeadon. These individuals have brought up what the long-term effects are. They've brought, they've brought that up both after a week, after a month, after multiple months, and how that's showing people immediately what's going to happen to these individuals who have been jabbed. It doesn't matter if it's immediate or a couple of years down the line. Again, not every animal died the second they were infected in the animal trials. They died weeks after the fact, which is years in human life, in human years. So I, I, I just don't understand how they can even make the implication that they don't know what's going to happen in the future. I, I, I think we know. I, th I think it's pretty clear, and anybody connecting the dots, it's, it's pretty clear. You have to understand, too, that as these people are doing this, they're saying these things this particular way because they have medical licenses that they want to keep. And I think that right there is part of the problem also. I mean, we have got to be our own doctors here from now on. Moving forward, we need to be our own researchers and our own doctors. That's our responsibility. It's not the responsibility of our insurance company or our doctors to tell us the truth because clearly they haven't been doing that. And we've been deceived in the K-12 system, in science classes and in history classes regarding medicine and the immune system. But here we are now, again, well, not me, but lots of others relying on a corrupt system to just prov consistently provide them the answer. Um, even even these even some of these licensed doctors still aren't taking it to the next step, which I would like to see. But anyway, this is a good article, and I'm going to continue reading it. Very informative, nonetheless. Uh, let's see. It says second. Unlike conventional vaccines, these spike proteins, along with lipid nanoparticles, have the capacity to pass through the blood-brain barrier, which provides special protection for these sensitive areas of the body. Quote, there simply has not been enough time to know what brain problems and how often a brain problem will develop from that, the doc document warns. Again, it's, it's already stated that a catatonic-like behavior is already occurring among many, and that ALS um, well, yeah, ALS and uh, Alzheimer's are already occurring. 
and not just in, in older individuals. We're talking about people in their 50s. Um, it continues. Risks from such penetration include, quote, chronic inflammation and thrombosis, clotting in the neurological system, contributing to tremors, chronic lethargy, stroke, Bell's palsy, and ALS-type symptoms. The lipid nanoparticles can potentially fuse with brain cells, resulting in delayed neurodegenerative diseases or disease. And the mRNA-induced spike protein can bind to brain tissue 10 to 20 times stronger than the spike proteins that are naturally part of the original virus. Third, as these experimental vaccines produce many trillions of spike proteins in their recipients, these vaccinated individuals, quote, can shed some of these spike protein particles to close contacts, causing disease in them. In an email correspondence with LifeSite News, Dr. Simone Gold, the founder of AFLDS, directed this writer to an April 29th tweet where she posted a document from Pfizer's experimental trials in which the pharmaceutical giant acknowledges this mechanism of potential shedding, she wrote. Then why didn't she mention it at the flippin' conference? Maybe I missed it. It's possible I missed it, but... I, I, I was waiting to hear it, and I again, I had it written on a giant piece of paper, and I'm pointing at it saying, I'm not hearing it yet. It continues, as the document states, one can be exposed to the study intervention due to a environmental exposure, due to environmental exposure, including by inhalation or skin contact with someone involved in the study or with another who has been exposed in the same way. And this, according to AFLDS, can be dangerous as the issue as the issue's brief continues, quote, the spike proteins are pathogenic, disease-causing, just like the full virus. Furthermore, these spike proteins bind more tightly and the fully intact than the fully intact virus. And thus, uh, cases around the world of pericarditis, shingles, pneumonia, blood clots, and the extremities and brain, Bell's palsy, vaginal bleeding, and miscarriage have been reported in persons who are near persons who have been vaccinated. Such shedding also appears to be causing wide variety, a wide variety, rather, of autoimmune diseases, where the body attacks its own tissue in some persons. In addition, other serious dangers to even the unvaccinated are possible due to the fact that these spike proteins can cross the blood-brain barrier, unlike traditional vaccines, which makes it a bioweapon, ladies and gentlemen. The bioweapon is the shot. Fourth, such shedding leaves children vulnerable if they are in proximity to parents and teachers who have received these experimental vaccines. I'm going to repeat that sentence. Fourth, such shedding leaves children vulnerable if they are in proximity to parents and teachers who have received these experimental vaccines. While the threat of COVID-19 to the young is, right, is rightly described as irrelevant, including a 99.997% survival rate for those under 20 years of age, AFLDS is concerned some children may become symptomatic due to such proximity to the vaccinated. As such, at such point, there is a danger that public health bureaucrats might use such cases to speculate that a child's illness is related to a SARS-CoV-2 variant when it is a result of contact 
with vaccinated adults. My God, ladies and gentlemen, I've been saying that on this podcast since, again, March, probably March, April, before this article that they wrote apparently came out. And yeah, long before Dr. Simone Gold was bringing this up, I mean, my God, the information is out there. It exists. This is awful. That's why, again, these environments are so dangerous now for so many other reasons, including the home where you have jabbed parents and unjabbed children. But birds of a feather flock together, which is why we're also seeing these horrific videos again of parents bragging about how they can't wait for the day when they get to jab their own children. That way we'll be a totally jabbed family and everybody will be fine. I'll tell you what, if you can't see the bigger picture here of what this is, you're already jabbed and it's too late. This is awful. It continues. I'm going to finish this and I'm going to finish this thing. This is awful. Uh, quote, our other concern is that children could develop long-term chronic autoimmune disease, including neurological problems due to the fact that children have decades ahead of them and trillions of the spike proteins mentioned above. Fifth, AFLDS is aware of thousands of reports involving vaginal bleeding, postmenopausal vaginal bleeding, and miscarriages following COVID-19 vaccination, as well as anecdotal reports of similar adverse events among those in close contact with the vaccinated. While at this point, the Independent Physicians Organization cannot comment definitively on the close contacts, other than to mention they have heard reports of this worldwide. The many reported incidents of post-vaccination vaginal bleeding establishes a clear connection between the vaccine and irregular bleeding. Despite this clear-cut evidence, menstrual cycle changes were not listed among the FDA's common side effects in its Phase three clinical participants. Women's reproductive health needs to be taken seriously rather than waved away by agenda-driven public health officials, the brief reads. Finally, acknowledging the irresponsible economic incentive among pharmaceutical companies to market unnecessary and dangerous childhood COVID vaccines, vaccines, boosters, and the like, AFLDS insists, quote, public health experts should stop and assess data on possible vaccine side effects and related post-vaccination questions, rather, before it's too late. Well, we're kind of already there, aren't we? It continues, so Pfizer's own internal report on page 69 warns healthcare workers about being exposed to people who have been vaccinated, which is rather ironic considering most healthcare workers are required to be vaccinated themselves. Wow. It continues. Anyone walking into a hospital or doctor's office will be exposed to the spike proteins being shed by virtually the entire staff of workers but the concentrations will be low compared to what is in the bloodstreams of the vaccinated. Of course, the amount of spike proteins you could actually breathe in is minuscule compared to the amount that these vaccines are programming vaccinated people's bodies to manufacture nonstop 24-7. A recent study confirms that the spike protein produced by the mRNA vaccine can indeed cause serious health problems as they continuously build up in the vaccinated. As literally trillions of these spike proteins build up and overwhelm your body, 
your internal organs will begin to shut down and your brain will stop functioning, which is why a UK government report is predicting a huge percentage of doubly vaccinated people will be dying in the coming third wave of the fake pandemic. This coming massive death toll will of course be blamed on new exotic sound virus variant, or better yet, scarients as they're called, and the selfish unvaccinated. Needless to say, it would behoove everyone who is unvaccinated to avoid extended exposure to the vaccinated, especially in confined spaces. The entire world has never been deceived on such a massive scale. It would appear that Satan indeed has been loosened from his prison, and he knows his time is short to make his final move to dominate this world before he is destroyed. The End That's awful. But at least it's out there now, but funny, not in the mainstream media. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to attach this article in the description below, I promise. I know from time to time I say I'm going to attach something and then maybe I don't or I forget, but I'm attaching this in the document below or in the description below. Um, Absolutely awful. With that said, this document too, by the way, should be an example of a document that, that people take to the jab buses. Walk up to the jab buses like I'm going to do here in the coming week. Two weeks, I think. It's either, yeah, it's not this coming Saturday, but the following. I'm going to walk right up to the jab bus, camera in hand, a couple of cameras with some takeaways and some uh, informed consent papers, and this is going to be one of them. This article is going to be one of them. Have you read this, ma'am? Sir, have you read this? You need to read this before you take your child into this bus to get jabbed to death. I suggest you take a look at this right now because they're not going to provide you this. And then, as I've said uh, in the past, although maybe not publicly on this uh, on this podcast, although maybe I did, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to call the police on the jab bus because the jab bus is not providing informed consent, which means, again, how is anybody going to know that they're not dishing out heroin inside of that bus? Because the people who are administering the jabs cannot tell you what is in it, nor what it's doing to people. Again, I'm certain I got the cough that I have as a result of being around the jabbed in a big city. Certain of it. I'm 100% certain of it. Am I transmitting my ill effects onto other people? I hope not. I sure hope not. Doesn't seem to be the case thus far. But, again, that's why these environments are so unhealthy. That's why the school environments are as unhealthy as they are. With that said, here's the last article I'd like to read. This again comes from uh, Miami University, right here where I live. Absolute nightmare. It's on the back page of the local section of the local newspaper, newspaper, which is an absolute abomination. Um, And it's titled, Coronavirus, the latest. That's their section. It's titled this. Actually, I'm going to read the caption below the picture because the picture is frightening. Um, This is taking place in the parking lot of the basketball court. Where the where the where they play basketball, the basketball arena. Um, it's the, the caption under the picture reads like this. It says, "Quote: Drive-through COVID nineteen testing and vaccination sites were set up near Millette Hall in Oxford as students moved in on campus housing at Miami University in August. 
College officials announced that nearly 92% of its students and over 80% of staffers on its main Oxford campus are vaccinated. And here's the title of the article. You can't make this up. Quote, Miami celebrating a milestone in the fight against COVID-19. Milestone. It's a milestone for them. We've, we did it. Everybody, we did it. That's how, that's how dumb these people are. They're this stupid. They're this brainwashed. And it's not going to end well for them. It continues. Here's the sub here's the subsection. University touts nearly 92% student vaccination rate over 80% for employees as deadline approaches. And the deadline, I think, is this week. It's like, I don't know. It's either this week or next Monday, something, but it's dumb nonetheless. Okay. My little Rush Limbaugh impression. Here we go. Quote, Oxford, as Miami University's deadline for student vaccinations against the coronavirus approaches, school officials announced nearly 92% of its enrollment have already received the injection against COVID-19. Miami reported last week that nearly 92% of the students and more than 80% of employees on its main Oxford campus have received a coronavirus vaccine. Now, there are three campuses, at least uh, maybe even four now in the general Southwest Ohio area, not counting the Luxembourg, Germany campus, which you know, they're all jabbed over there. It continues, oh, by the way, the funny part too about this article is they're not telling you about the enrollment. They're never going to tell you that. And they're never going to tell you that the eyeball test, that it doesn't pass the eyeball test regarding enrollment. Again, I've driven right through the center of uptown and right through the center of campus. In the, in the middle of the day, around noonish, just afternoon and just before noon, I'm sorry, the number of students that are here is minuscule to what should be here. And Miami can cover that up all they want, but it doesn't pass the eye test. It continues, quote, In late August, school officials had previously adopted a mandatory vaccine requirement in accordance with guidance from the CDC, uh, and local, state, and federal public health officials, not laws, private organizations. So they're basically taking health advice from Taco Bell. Um, and with input from the Miami community, you know, because complete strangers have input, apparently, on whether or not someone should have a poison injected into their veins. It continues. Sorry, I'm laying it on kind of thick here. <clears throat> The university is requiring all students, faculty, and staff to be vaccinated against COVID-19 or to have received an exemption by November 22nd. Prior to its late August switch in policy, which again was driven by city council, which was then followed, of course, immediately by the, whatchamacallit, uh, local school board, K-12 school board with their mask mandates. It was the city council that was leaning on the university hard. Man, I wish that the university would do this. And then, ladies and gentlemen, in the state of Ohio, as soon as Ohio State fell and as soon as that domino fell, all the colleges and universities in Ohio fell like dominoes. They're all so dumb. None of them can be independent or act alone. It's really sad. Um, Miami officials had only strong strongly recommended vaccines for students and staffers in the past. The current vaccination policy applies to all students, faculty, and staffers at, my, at Miami's main Oxford campus and its regional campuses in Hamilton and Middletown. 
We are, quote, we are so grateful to our students, faculty, and staff for the many ways they have kept our campus healthy this fall. Oh, what you have coming. The quote continues from, oh, this is from the Vice President for Student Life. This is great. The irony. Oh, my God. The irony is palpable. This is a quote from the Vice President of Student Life. Uh, I'll tell you what, the devil is smiling right now. This is, this is awful. I'm going to start their quote over. It says, quote, We are so grateful to our students, faculty, and staff for the many ways they have kept our campus healthy this fall, and we celebrate this milestone in the fight against COVID-19. More than 90% of our students across all campuses are vaccinated, said Jane Brown Brownell, Miami Vice President for Student Life. Quote, the Miami community serves as an example that challenges can be overcome through compassion, fortitude, and teamwork, says Brownell. Oh my. The crow that's going to be eaten, the humble pie, it's going to be the only thing that is served in the coming months. This is horrific. <clears throat> It continues. I'm going to finish this article. It's only a couple columns longer. Quote, in a release statement, school officials said, quote, in addition to the vaccine requirement, Miami's response to the COVID-19 pandemic has included robust surveillance and wide net testing of asymptomatic individuals, waste water monitoring, contact tracing, quarantine and isolation, and other safety precautions such as masking indoors, even if you're vaccinated. You still have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated. You believe this shit? Quote, vaccination continues to be our best tool in the fight against COVID-19, and we are seeing the benefits at Miami, Brownell said. This Brownell person, if they live to see countless people die, I mean, if they live to watch others die, they're not going to be able to walk down the street. This person is not going to be able to walk down the street. Quote, Miami's 19, COVID-19 rather, uh, rates remain low. And we have not seen any serious outbreaks among students, faculty, or staff. Give it time, sweetheart. Give it time. Last week, the Butler County General Health District reported that 45056 was the only zip code in Butler County to be downgraded from high to substantial, red to orange, transmission rates. Quote, we are thankful for Miami's tailored efforts to provide vaccine clinics that gave students and staff opportunities to ask questions and overcome barriers to getting the shot, said Aaron Smiley, Health Promotion Director at BCGHD, Butler County something, something, some general health district, okay. Uh, it finishes by saying the following, quote, fewer than 10% of students and employees have requested exemptions, which the university continues to review and process. Exemptions may be granted for the following reasons, medical with documentation, sincerely held religious beliefs, sincerely held. That's hilarious. <laughs> How are they supposed to determine that? Well, you kind of believe in God, but not really. You kind of think that there's aborted fetal tissue in the, uh, in the jabs, but we've determined that that's not the case. It is the case, actually. 
let's see, what else? Practices or observances or reasons of conscience, including philosophical and ethical beliefs, said Miami officials, unquote. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't going to end well for anybody being quoted as saying, well, thank God we all got jabbed. That person is going to have nothing but crow and humble pie for dinner on a day-in, day-out basis. There isn't anything that exemplifies the, the, the definition of false equivalency more than what I just read, more than this, frankly, entire episode. You cannot have it both ways. You cannot have endless evidence of the jab dying and the jabbed transmitting their ill effects on the unjabbed. And then at the exact same time, have a non-medical doctor who is basically a PR representative for the student body of Miami University say, well, thank God that everybody is jabbed. What would we do, heaven forbid, if everyone was not jabbed? We are all now safer because we are all jabbed, and shame the 10% who have decided to reach out for some form of ridiculous exemption. How dare they? How dare those 10% peons? The question that should be asked is, is what does the 10% know that the 80 to 90% doesn't apparently understand? I mean, it's astounding. It's absolutely astounding. I cannot wait to knock on the front door of the jab bus here in town in another week and two days. I just cannot wait. The fact that I am going to hand them the informed consent documents that they themselves do not have nor read. Same thing with the parents and the children. This is going to get messy. I'm just warning people. This one is going to get messy, unless they have it blocked off, which they might. I didn't consider that. Damn it. They might have it blocked off. They might actually have those, you know, those bike gates and they have it all blocked off where you have to like walk through a particular thing in order to get to the front door. Maybe I can't even knock on the front door. Damn. Well, we'll see. I'll have to, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to gauge the, uh, the battleground, so to speak, before I call the police and whatever else. But it's absolutely nuts. This is absolutely insane. Only the brainwashed would actually show up to jab their children in in that location or any location at this point, at this stage of the game. How do you hear or listen to what I just read from the article before last and still go through with it? How does anybody do that? How does anyone do that? In fact, the parents should be saying to themselves, shit, me being around my kid now, I'm putting my kid in danger of shedding illness onto them. This has always been the case. This was discovered again late winter, early spring of this very year. I brought it up back then. Here it is, November 8th. It's being brought up now. Keep an eye on this stuff, ladies and gentlemen in particular with people getting around their family members for the holidays and this, that, or the other. I'm telling you, um, load up on your vitamins, load up on your minerals, load up on all of it. And uh, yeah, if you can get outside, get outside. Uh, I, 
I don't know what else to say, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's certainly always been a part of this very nefarious Depop plan to have the jabbed around the unjabbed. The people who made this, Robert Malone, had to have known that this was a potential side effect. Because again, let's just examine briefly, and then I'm going to wrap up, I promise, the business of vaccines in general. The only reason that influenza exists is because people keep getting flu shots. You're injecting yourself with poison. And then those individuals are around other healthy individuals who didn't get it. And then those people get sick from being around the disrupted immune systems of the flu jabbed. That's what causes that. It's not because they coughed on them or they sneezed in their face. That's not it. It's because they are around them. They're around them. So this proximity thing, while while an absolute farce regarding six inches, of, you know, or six feet apart, rather, and you know, in some places they've diminished it to three. Well, now you can go back to three feet. No, now it's you need to be, uh, you need to be away. You just need to be away. Until I don't know when. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's horrible. So just pray, I guess. That's, that's what we can do. Keep praying. Exercise. Eat right. Get, get a lot of vitamin D in your system, a lot of vitamin C. Again, it's been shown no one died of cancer with high levels of vitamin D in their body. No one got sick with high levels of vitamin C and vitamin D in their body. So increase those as best you can whether it's in powder form or um, ingestible pill form or whatever. But yeah, we got we to gotta keep finding the information and we got to keep sharing it the best we can. And regardless of how horrific it is, this is why I was cut out for health education as a health educator. It's these kinds of things. The entire, the entire philosophy, so to speak, of, of health, wellness, and medicine never, never scared me. You know, I was I was the weird kid in the corner who was looking at the gross pictures in the health book back in middle school. I wasn't the one who was afraid to touch the gross page, if you know what I mean. There were those kids. I don't want to open it up to that page. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's hilarious. But you know, I don't want to open it up to that page because it's gross. We 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 all we all know that. We all know that kid, and 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 a lot of the, a lot of the students were that student. I wasn't. I was like, let me take a look. Because it just didn't frighten me. The thing that scares me is people not seeing the truth because those people are dangerous. That's danger right there. But I'm just going to keep bringing it up because, damn it, it has to keep being brought up here. Find healthy alternatives, please. Continue to find healthy alternatives for for you and your family members as, as best you can. With that said, I promise I'll catch you on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.